Hi, and welcome to the Trail to Austin, the place to get to meet the people of Austin and find out how they became the people of Austin. I'm your host, Bob Morse. And across town, having pecan pie withdrawals is my co-host, Joel McCall. Hello. Well, you know, being from Oklahoma, pecan is the state tree, so absolutely. Yeah, so you got your fill of everything on Thanksgiving? Pretty much. Uh and for the next three days. Yeah. <laughs> turkey sandwiches for all, huh? There we go. Yeah. So I do have turkey overdose at this point. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I'm kind of more the uh, dressing overdose. Yeah. Uh, can, can never get enough dressing. Anyway, so today we were, gonna, we're doing something a little different. Um, you know, we interviewed different people about their background and their work and we'll we'll get into some of that today but we're also going to find out a lot more about a little city uh, just down the road from austin that a lot of people are becoming very familiar with and we see a lot of homes going up there so obviously choosing to call it home um so i want to introduce susan kimball uh president of the dripping springs chamber of commerce thank you <laughs> I don't know why I just suddenly neighborhood association came into my mind. <laughs> uh, that's going to be an infraction. I'm just kidding. No, no that's no. a big neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, hello, Susan. Hello. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks for Absolutely. joining us. So how was Thanksgiving in Dripping Springs? Well, the 2020 style course, low key. Just the family at home. Um, we don't have, we know we're not from these parts. We don't have family in town. Actually, we did until recently. Uh, my father-in-law and his wife showed up a few, maybe five years ago, spent five years here. And then they decided, well, on we go. So they moved back toward northern areas. Um, so it's back to just being the four of us, um, which has its pluses and minuses, but we had a nice day, just the four of us um, kind of did what we want when we wanted and ate a lot. So it was, <laughs> nice. that, it was good. Yeah. No, that's good. So how long have you been in Texas? And now you came from Michigan, right? Well, I came, I grew up in Michigan, went to college in Michigan, and then after school moved to Boston. And that's where I met my husband. Um, I lived there for 10 years, got married there, had kids there, moved from Boston to Tallahassee, Florida, moved from Tallahassee to Portland, Oregon, Portland, Oregon, back to Tallahassee, Tallahassee to South Austin, and then South Austin to Dripping Springs. So, and when we moved here, my husband said it's like we moved from Austin to Texas because it's, you know, we just moved five, <laughs> five miles, but it's, you know, some days and certainly less now than, you know, 10 years ago when we came all the way out here, um, you know, it, it was, it could be different some days. So well, well, they, they do say it's, it's five miles west of weird. So yes, yes. So you said you've been there and about you know, 10 years been out yes all the way out here for 10 years um and we do i live in a part of tripping springs has 
kooky little areas. So we're in Hayes County. And my mailing address, for example, is Austin. So I have an Austin mailing address, but I'm in Hayes County and then Dripping Springs School District. But yet I don't live in the Dripping Springs city limits. I live in the ETJ. So it's a little funky the way it all works, but, Hmm. you know, and then there's also, I'm, I'm just diving right into it, but some people who live in Dripping Springs and live on the more Western end of town call where I live dripping adjacent even though (laughs) so it's a whole it's a whole thing east side west side type of thing but we all you know it's a great town it's grown a lot um it comes with that with challenges of course but some exciting things too and good stuff happening out here yeah so I I guess for especially the long-time residents it's got to be quite a shocker what what it's growing like right now I think so. And, you know, the, you know, we still hear the stories. I remember when there was one flashing light and, you know, Dripping Springs was a place that people would pass through. So as they went from Austin out to the hill country or as they were even driving to California, they were, no one was stopping in Dripping Springs. It was just, you know, a pass through. And so now um, that it's more of a destination, you know, not only do people want to stop and sort of play here and, do things uh, entertainment-wise. They, all, you know, people are moving here. At, it's at a, quite the rate, and um, it's been. I think for two or three years running, the Dripping Springs School District was the second fastest-growing district in the state of Texas, mm-hmm. second only to Prosper. So we were we had a growth rate of about seven percent each year. Prosper, I think, had twenty-two percent. <laughs> But um, even after the seven percent, it was it was quite a drop off. So, and then of course Hayes County is um, you know one of the fastest growing counties in the country. Um, so there's just it's a it's a lot of growth. Yeah, I think I sure. saw in the community impact paper that it was something like eighty two percent since twenty thirteen. It sound right. It's dramatic, mm-hmm. and so the. You know, some of the things that we look at in terms of economic development, we look at the retail trade area. So how many people come shopping here? And that number is approaching 80,000, you know, people is the span. That's not how many people live here, of Mm -hmm. course. We did one of the... um, Station, news stations in town uh, did a story about the growth in Dripping Springs and they mentioned the population of Dripping Springs, but they left out retail trade area. They left out those three words. So it, it sounded like they were saying the population of Dripping Springs is 83,000 people. Like, no, no, no. That was the retail trade area. And then people, you know, when was the go thing? back to California. Yeah. <laughs> I've noticed there's a lot of, well, speaking of that, a lot of the housing that's going in around there, I know one neighborhood in particular that we kind of went through, uh, prices seemed a little shocking for Dripping Springs. Yeah, there's. Well, so there's, so in Hayes County, there's a group called the Greater San Marcos Partnership, and mm-hmm. they're an economic development arm for the county. And so it's actually Hayes and Caldwell counties. So when people look at Dripping Springs, you know, our median home price is in the upper 400s now, whereas for Hayes County, I'm going to get this number wrong, 
I think it's, you know, closer to 200 Mm -hmm. for other areas of the county. And then for, um, you know, income, our average income is over 100,000. And in other parts, you know, it's $32,000 or 30, yeah, $32,000 a year. It's just, it's very, it is surprising for people who still think it's just, you know, like a one horse town west, west of weird. And so, it is a little bit shocking. I think though people like to, it's become sort of where people want to live and then they would have a commute, right? So mm-hmm. they commute either to Austin or to San Antonio. What makes Dripping Springs attractive is proximity to Austin's airport. Um, and then you can get to Austin, San Antonio. Well, now a couple things, the traffic, when we first moved here, people would talk about, oh, the traffic in Austin and having come from Boston and you know, my husband, you know, just being in other big cities, it's like, no, this, this traffic is cute. It was not bad <laughs> traffic, you know, it wasn't LA, it wasn't Houston, you know, none of that. And, but now it's gotten serious. <laughs> it's serious. So with COVID, it's interesting to see now that people aren't commuting, you know, how that's going to affect what that all looks like. And so... I, th- I think there will be a return to the office at some, you know, mm-hmm. in some fashion, but I don't think it's going to look like it did before for sure. Well, so well, go ahead, Joel. Yeah. Pe- the, the traffic has increased. Uh, it's, it's not as delightfully barren as it was at the onset of the pandemic, but uh, they're going to start working on the Y in Oak Hill, yeah. which for all the dripping folks, that's there, there's the only way you can get to Austin. That's it. And uh, I, for one, you know, I'm in a similar situation. I live in Hayes County with an Austin address, uh, and I go through the Y. Uh, what do what does the chamber tell businesses that are looking at moving to dripping about transportation and traffic and accessibility you can say you're close you can get to the austin airport but uh for the next five years it's right, going to be a helicopter yeah anyway. helicopter <laughs> well so interestingly the san marcus San Marcos has a regional airport and they're about to really sink a lot of money and resources into enhancing that facility and making oh, it wow. more, I mean, from what I understand, making it just, you know, a viable option for travel out of this area. So, you know, an alternative for San Antonio, an alternative for Austin and then anybody, you know, if you're on Lockhart side, they have the benefit they are closer to, Austin's airport, but you know, it's some of these other, you know, like hobby or, you know, you have other options and different airlines and different price points and all that kind of stuff. Um, so for the air traffic, I think, you know, short term, it's still going to be just, you're going to have to find a way to get to the Austin airport in terms of infrastructure roads. That's a big deal out here. Um, the traffic studies done, you know, by TxDOT, by the county, the counts are just increasing and the projections are really just kind of shocking. And so people think, well, why do we need to do that now? And it's so exactly. So we don't end up with a Y situation where the Y and O kill where 
the volume is just too much. I mean, it's, it's not even, you just don't, there are just times you don't go. And people are surprised when they go into Dripping Springs. If you're anywhere, and maybe not during COVID, but when school gets out, I mean, it's bumper to bumper traffic for an hour. It'll take you 40 minutes to go two miles, really. I mean, it's, and you just avoid those, you try to avoid those times. Um, there's a, currently, there's a, an open house for transportation through the city you can do it online it's a virtual open house i think it runs through december 8th so you can log on to the city of dripping springs website and check that out and that has everything that's proposed or you know ideas um some disclosure some of the line and i didn't make it i just have heard the people you know just because you see a line that might run right through your property doesn't mean they're going to just mow down your house it just means somewhere along is where they're trying to go so um but it's 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 pretty fascinating there it's also interesting to me where the county leaves off TxDOT comes in what's you know public private partnership like all those little pieces that work together it's pretty it's pretty fascinating i think everybody wants to do right by the the citizens that live here you know they don't nobody wants to you know run a highway through your house any more than you want a highway run through your house. So I think they're really trying to take into consideration, you know, what the people think and what they might want. Um, One thing, and Joel, you might be aware of this on the Austin adjacent side of town or dripping adjacent side of town, there's, they're building a new school, elementary school number five. And that parcel of land is big enough that it could have a high school and a middle school and an elementary school. Where now, is it? It's at Darden Hill and Sawyer Ranch. Oh, wow. That's an incredibly quickly growing area. Yes. And so the, um, you know, all the projections that are done and a lot of times the school district does demographic studies. And of course they have fairly deep pockets. So they do really good studies. Um, they most of the growth is projected this way you know south and east or north and east of where everything is so that's why they're putting another school um on this side yeah actually yeah elementary number five and then there'll be one in headwaters there's land earmarked there for another elementary school so And that's, you know, a lot of people that move here, I mentioned the school district growth earlier, they move here for the schools. That's initially what brought us out here from five miles, you know, in Austin. Not that those schools were bad, but just we were looking for something different for the schools. Um, so that's what brought us here. And, the, you know, the graduation graduation rate for, like my son graduated in 2019. They had a 100% graduation rate. Wow. 100% of the kids graduated. They got over $5 million in scholarships. I can even remember, actually I did, I printed it out. I don't know how much. Um, 40, accumulated 46,127 hours of community service by the seniors that year. It's just a wow. good, you know, it's just a good um, community and the, the school district really, they call themselves the district of innovation. Um, it's not without growing pains. Um, 
but it's a, it's a good district and that is a draw for a lot of the people. So they might be willing to put up with the Y if they commute to Austin or a longer trip to the airport if they have that good home base, if you will. Yeah, that's that's nice. Shocking. I mean, it's funny how you know, you said you wound up in South Austin at first. I'm in South Austin. Joel, you as you know, is over there in kind of the nether regions. I don't know where, <laughs> exactly where he is. We are dripping adjacent. Yeah, yes. okay. But it, it was funny. Um, early on, Austin, everything grew to the north and the west, you know, up towards mm-hmm. Cedar Park, Leander. And then it, it was about 10 years ago, it seems like, that everybody kind of looked at Dr- Dripping Springs and went, hey, wait a minute, we could go that way. <laughs> right, right. It's And I I was trying to think the other day, what did I think about Dripping Springs before we moved out here? And I think, I mean, and it, it's um, it's kind of embarrassing for me to say at this point, but when we went all the way out to the Salt Lake, when family would mm-hmm. come to Texas to visit, you know, like, what is that? That's And now I think, oh, my gosh, you've only done that. But I have to remember. They just don't know. And, of course, we're more, you know, on people's radar now. But we have wineries, breweries, and distilleries and, you know, food. And it's the wedding capital of Texas. So a lot of people from the area come down here, down here, out here, over here to get married. And then, you know, family that comes to the wedding or friends that come to the wedding, they're like, oh, my gosh, I, I love that. It's close to Austin. There's stuff to do. And then they move here. And so it's just been it's been an organic growth, um, which is nice, you know, because I think people come here because they have the same sort of sensibilities and that's what they're looking for. They're not looking to bring, you know, that's another growing pain that we have um, just because someone came from somewhere else and they might want to share a best practice, if you will, doesn't mean they don't like you and they want to change you and they want to, you know, make it to like where they came from. That's not it. They're just trying to share the whole, you know, big blue marble (laughs) experience. Mm -hmm. So um, that's kind of interesting to watch too, but. I think I thought of one of the big controversies, speaking of growth uh, is you know, in Austin and Travis County and Williamson County are giving tax abatements and all this to, to lure industry to the area. What is Dripping Springs' approach to that? Do you participate so, in that? We do not. The chamber doesn't, nor does the city. There are no incentives offered hyper-locally. There may be... Um, county type incentives or incentives that can be tied to the state but typically they don't affect dripping springs you know they're usually more with an opportunity zone so like lockhart they have a lot of chance for incentives for businesses to come san marcus you know anywhere along i-35 if there's rail if you know some of those other things and typically manufacturing um that's that's usually the industry that benefits most from those incentives and we just we don't have much of that here so the short answer that took five minutes is we don't get involved with that hyper locally okay well what does the chamber do 
to do you actively promote dripping springs? Do you want to grow? Or do you want to stay the size you are? Or do you want to kick some people out? Which people? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, that's, that's kind of a tough one. Um, we want economic prosperity. So we want the people that are here and the community that's set up here to be prosperous and to really, you know, live a good, full prosperous life and have that economic climate be just healthy. And that's what we want. Um, sometimes that means we want growth. Sometimes that means, you know, hold up, let's, let's settle back and figure out what we're doing. The, I also, I have, I sit on the city's economic development uh, committee as well. And so one of the things we're really trying to work on now is what do we want to be when we grow up, you know, and again, we're, we're a little bit behind because the growth has been coming. We can't, we can't stop it. We can't, we can't say, Oh, I'm sorry. You want to set up your business, but we don't like your kind. You can't do that. I mean, that that's not real life, but what you can do is try to, you know, to what you were saying, try to reach out to businesses that you might want to see here and say, Hey, have you thought about setting up another shop here? Or have you thought about doing something like that? So yeah. kind of what we're trying to do, but there, you know, everybody out here is just drinking from the fire hose. So you have the economic development arm, Greater San Marcos Partnerships doing that, the city, um, the chamber is doing that, um, the Visitors Bureau. You know, everybody is just kind of trying to help help develop a lovely place where you can live, work, and play. I mean, that's kind of what everybody wants and have it to just be prosperous is, is, the, is the best way to put it. So you were talking. You were talking about the. So, what uh, is your roads. background? Hold on. Were you, what were you saying, Ross? What is your background? What did you study? How did you get into being oh. the queen of dripping springs? Oh, I'm an English major with a Chinese history minor, so that's like a straight shot oh, to that, just that, all kinds of yeah. That's great. Quick road to riches. Yeah. Yeah. Straight. Straight line. Um, <laughs> So, you know, liberal arts, when I first moved to Boston, I fortunately um, started working for a software company that was very successful. And it, this was back in the heyday, not to date myself. Um, you know, things were moving and shaking and um, our small company ended up being bought by Seagate. Um, later on, you know, Symantec bought Seagate software and it just kept, you know, going and going. Um, got to know a lot of people that way. Also worked for a car wash consolidation company um, started by a Harvard Business School professor and some of his investor pals. Um, that was also back in the heyday. They basically went around the country, um, quite a few in Texas, actually, um, mom and pop car wash shops and basically, you know, consolidated them and helped them with capital and different things. And they're, they're still going. So that's kind of interesting. Um, anyway, got married, had kids. We moved from my husband's job to Florida, from my husband's job to Oregon, uh, from my husband's job back to uh, Tallahassee again. I, and I worked for the state of Florida the second time in Tallahassee. That was a great job. And that was in their, um, 
all the office space that they had. So the, you know, facilities, so, you know, the portfolio, they owned some, they leased some, that, um, and that was great. And then moved here for my husband's job in Austin and then did a lot of volunteer work for a lot of different entities. Um, some, most, eh, not, probably half were with my kids and then half were other just, I guess, organizations that I cared a lot about. So I volunteered my time and then I realized my brain needs something to do. And I thought I need to go back to work. And so the very long version is um, I started working part-time for the chamber in 2016. And then fast forward, um, now the president since 2018. Um, and it's just, it's, it's exciting. There's a lot of, it's just, it's a good time to be here. And so it's been enjoyable and frenetic and hectic but it's good. And my Chinese history is not coming handy even one day. Uh, <laughs> who'd have thought? Not even <laughs> this year, not at all. <laughs> so you were, you were talking earlier about the uh, roads and um, you know, your, your plans there to kind of accommodate some of this growth. And, but I, I got to thinking as you were talking about that, what do you, what do you do about all the other infrastructure? Like if you were starting to attract business and things like that, you know, the, the taxing well, on your infrastructure. Wastewater, there. wastewater, for example, is a major issue out here. Um, and Joel, I think knows a little bit more about what's going on out here, but it's, um, it's been tough. And so for a long time growth, growth businesses would come and be interested in moving here and there weren't enough LUEs to get, you know, to allow them to set up shop. And so they just could not, they couldn't stop here. This couldn't be their landing place. So they had to be turned away. Um, there's been progress made um, depending on who you talk to. It's progress, good progress versus bad progress. Um, there's been a little bit of a, um, there was a ruling recently that was, and I might be messing up this, the terminology, but I believe it was a Travis County judge that overturned a ruling um, for wastewater um, having to do with Onion Creek, the runoff in Onion Creek. Um, so the city is working on a plan B. Um, people will talk about poop in the creek. And again, it's like nobody wants to put the the road through your house. Well, nobody wants to poop in the creek. Everybody likes to, you know, dip their toes in and go fishing and all that, you know, kind of stuff. But the, the people are coming, you know, things are coming. So what do you, mm -hmm. what do you do for that? And so it, it, it's, it's tough figuring that out, but wastewater is a big, um, that's a big issue as much as the roads, if not bigger. Another um, issue that we have is the lack of, workforce housing or attainable housing um affordable pretty, housing mm -hmm. well it started out they would call it affordable then they realized well it's not really affordable but it's attainable oh well it's work for you know so but there's not much of that here and so that's one thing from an economic development standpoint we're really trying to to bolster that because you know we have all these businesses that need their service industry businesses for example 
well, they need people to work here. The people that work there can't afford to buy a house here. They can't, they can't afford to live right. here. And so by the time they commute from where they've passed 19 jobs on the, on the way here. So why would they keep driving out? And so turnover at these businesses is also, it's another issue um, that we have. So it's, it's, it's tricky. And like I said, the growth, not without its challenges, it's great when it's, it's great when it's great. And then, but there's some big hurdles that we have for sure. Wow. Hadn't really considered that. I know that the Sonic, uh, not, not the one in Dripping Springs, but on the way to Dripping Springs closed because they couldn't keep it staffed, which I had never heard of. Well, is this wrong? <laughs> I'm going to plead the fifth on part of that, but staffing is an issue. I, I, will, I will say okay. um, staffing is, is an issue and <laughs> I'm just going to gloss right over that one. But if okay. you, if you go into dripping Springs and I, I guess I'm sort of talking pre global pandemic, you know, you would see a now hiring sign on everybody's front door everybody's hiring they're looking for help and so there were many times when they'd say sorry we had to close this afternoon we we don't have enough staff to operate and that's a real issue and part of it is and i can say this because i i have a sophomore in college and a high school senior it's hard to you know it used to be high school kids they would take any job and they would work any job that's not the case anymore. And it's, it's not just because, you know, a lot of kids work and have jobs, but they're also overscheduled and some jobs will pay, you know, they can make more money sitting at home doing somebody's website and they don't have to work, you know, take the jobs, you know, bag, you know, whatever it is. I'm picking, I'm picking on people who bag groceries, but whatever, they don't have to take any, those jobs that were typically filled by high school students that's not really that doesn't exist anymore that little population it's much reduced so we hear that a lot and a lot of businesses know that if they hire a high school student their parents will say well we're gonna go out of town <laughs> or you know you know and then it's just not as it's shifted from when I was in school anyway so that's a challenge for employers especially in the service well, industry you know good help is hard to find I know from so I've heard that <laughs> I know from the Y to um, what um, the center of Dripping Springs, I guess for lack of a better term, um, there used to be almost nothing. And now all the way out there, you've got little places that people could work, like you were saying, and things like that. So, and mm -hmm. your eating options are a little more than they used to be. <laughs> yes, yes. So we have, um, you know, Belterra Village is mm -hmm. out here now. Um, and that has options like Torchies and the League and Backspin and Pius. Um, Pius is there. Uh huh. There's the Chick Fil A there. That Chick Fil A is, you know, every Chick Fil A is packed all the time. Every Chick Fil A, <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Um, so there are food options there. There's a Hat Creek, but they tried to, with the exception of Chick Fil A, they really tried to have local. There's an IHOP as well, but they try to have, you know, more local mm -hmm. joints or, you know, regional businesses to set up shop here. Um, but retail is expensive. And so that's another thing for, you know, a brick and mortar, you know, we're in the food truck 
times, you know, sometimes, you know, it's just, it's, it's a tricky balance um, for them, but yes, the food options much better. And so we have, there's a new restaurant, Le Vache. It's uh, like hill country, French cuisine. Wow. Legit. I haven't been there yet. How is it? Oh, you need to go. Okay. And they have, I'm trying, I'm going to mess it up. There's like a, a Tuesdays or Wednesdays, they have a steak special. You yeah. just, you should go. And you heard it here from the Chamber of Commerce. <laughs> so another thing, well, and, as you've grown there, and have all these, um, not just the new eating things, but you guys have started to put on more like little festivals and, and things to do within the city. Yeah. One of, one of our best um, festivals that, well, there's founders, the founders day festival, of course, is old as dirt. It's been here forever. And that is, I mean, Joel, have you been to founders? The yeah. parade? Have you been to the parade? Nope. On oh, if you do nothing else. It was canceled this year, which was tragic. But when they have it, you need to go. It is. It's something. Okay. It. Uh, you just have to experience it for yourself. So there's that. The Dripping Springs Songwriters Festival is one of my most favorite events. Um, one of the fastest growing songwriter festivals in the country. And it's just, you know, we hold it um, down on Mercer Street, which I think you just, what did you say? Downtown Dripping Springs. So it's sort of the historic district. And so um, there's the barbershop bar and Occupon Brewing and Hudson's on Mercer and uh, side. There are a few places and they host, you know, they become venues, right? During this weekend long event. And the talent is just phenomenal. They, I think they get over a thousand applicants every year. Yep. It's possible I made that number up, but it's a lot of applicants and then they have to choose and they're very, very talented. And actually one of them, there's a show called The Voice um, on network TV at night. And so one of the people that's uh, still in it right now, Ian Flanagan, was at the Dripping Springs Songwriters Festival uh, last year. He's so, he's so good. So, so good. So the talent's just really great. And it brings people from all over, you know, they come oh, oh. and... And so that's cool. And then we have different shopping events. We have a great farmer's market. It's an award-winning farmer's market um, every Wednesday at the Triangle, rain or shine. Um, what else? I'm trying to think the, of a festival. Well, I don't know if you had it this year, but you had the uh, Taste of Dripping. Oh, yeah. Dripping with Taste, or yes. With so taste, that sorry. used to be an event that was held at the Ranch Park. Thank you. It's only one of the biggest events of the year. Um, it used to be held at Dripping Springs Ranch Park, and it was about 2,500 people that would come, you know, between 12 and 6 on a Saturday. Um, wine, food is great. Um, they started having beer uh, the last year. And then it sort of switched formats um, and it became a passport type trail. So you would get a passport and you could go around and do a tasting at each of the locations, but you would drive to their site rather. So it was at your leisure for one whole month. You could go and do this rather than just, you know, concentrated six hours Um but that's a great event. That was another one that was a casualty of COVID this year. 
Well, actually, yeah. all these were canceled this year, except the farmer's well, market. It is absolutely amazing the growth of the wine and spirits industry around yes. Dripping Springs. Yes. And they're really, so Desert Door, have you been there? That's on Darden Hill Road. Yep. That's so tall. Cool, mm -hmm, yeah. So tall from, yeah. Cool. And it's just a beautiful spot. And it's right there in the middle of nowhere. And um, those guys are great. They have a great product. They're very um, charitable. They do good stuff with what they've got. Um, so they're, you know, sort of unique. But yes, the distilleries, you know, Dripping Springs Distilling, um, Tree Oak Distilling, I can't list them all, but there it's, it's great. And so, um, some people call it drinking Springs. <laughs> me, some people do. Um, so, you know, it's a, it's a fun place to go. And so also when, with all the wedding venues that we have, when people come to, and I'm, I'm going to, this conversation has to be when it's not global pandemic, but people come to town for a wedding. There's so much for them to do, you mm -hmm. know, they're, and we have a cigar bar and we have, you know, a dance hall, um, the Mercer Street Dance Hall, um, which is actually now on Ranch Road 12. They relocated and they have a great setup out there. And it's just it's it's good stuff. So there's a lot to do. There's a what we're getting now um, is all a lot of the wineries, breweries and distilleries would have options for the kids. So parents could come, listen to some music, have a beverage, and the kids could just run free. So what was kind of missing was family entertainment, not just, you know, as a, you know, not just a play structure at the distillery, but really, you know, geared toward families. And so we're starting to get more of that. There's Roadrunners. They have miniature golf, but they also have, I think, you know, cornhole and a full restaurant, full bar. That's right near the intersection of 12 and 290. And then as you head out 290, um, two great additions. One is Dreamland. And I don't know if you've driven out there recently, but there's a massive flag, American flag. I'm talking massive. In fact, I need to find out what the actual measurements are. It's massive. You can see it from so far away. But they um, have pickleball. They're going to have pickleball tournaments they have pickleball courts that you can rent out a sports bar with 70 beers on tap um wine they have the world's most extreme miniature golf course um and then they have you know a huge art installation so that's neat too and then the event i think they want to have you know music venue and just all kinds of fun stuff and then just a little bit further out um dripping springs country club yeah, which yeah, yeah. Um, it's a driving range essentially, but it has a top golf type element to it. Um, and they, you know, have a little um, clubhouse raking, you know, drinks and food as well. And so it's nice to see that that side of entertainment sort of swelling up too, and not just alcohol, but stuff for the whole family. Oh, there you go. So what about lodging? You know, Dripping Springs is the wedding capital of the world. Where do people stay? Oh, the world. Um, well, we have many, many, um, you know, B&Bs or just smaller lodging boutique type places. Um, we have a sleep-in. We have Holiday Inn Express. There's a Courtyard Marriott that should be finished this spring. 
right next to H-E-B. Um, so those are the three. And then we have the Outpost Motel, which is a little bit down on 12. Those are the four, you know, traditional hotel I hate to say chains. The sleep-in is kind of a, a one-off, but um, but those are there. But, you know, we have different places like Hill Country Casitas. They have, it's not really Airbnb. Well, it's kind of Airbnb style, but um, maybe breakfast isn't included. But there are plenty of options for lodging. Right. Yeah, you'd be surprised. And well, you know, because we, we have those on our website. Through. As you drive through Dripping Springs, you don't see hotels, and you know it's it's no. not uh, it's not the strip, as right? It. Exactly, which is nice. Which is nice. Yeah. Now sometimes it's tricky. Not all of those places allow kids or pets. So when it's but when it's you know wedding season, and by that I mean basically, you know, January through November. Pretty much, um, you know, it's packed. And so people like, I can't, there are no rooms in Dripping Springs. And we're like, yeah, you know, it's so there's a market for that. That's another challenge we have though, is trying to bring out, you know, during the week, you need midweek traffic to sort of help sustain a business um, as well. So that is one thing that was growing before COVID, you know, you'd have, um, you know, AMD or Dell or whomever would do retreats out here. So they, you know, have people that are right. in town for a conference and they'd come out and do a retreat out here. So really trying to draw that traffic um, is something else that, that we've been working on. There's a lot to do. So parks. Is there any... oh, sorry. I say we have parks and then when we were talking about festivals, you know, we're an international dark sky community, mm -hmm. right? Um, which is a big deal and everybody takes it pretty seriously. Um, but in 2024, I think it's April of 2024, there's going to be an eclipse and dripping Springs is in the path of totality. Ooh, so I'm saying book your rooms, there. book your rooms now because, but um, that's going to be a big deal. And so I know there are already plans in the works um, three and a half years out. It's going to be, going to be that's cool. cool it is cool yeah so do you guys ever do things with Wimberley we do typically every December actually the Wimberley Blanco and Dripping Springs Chambers we get together and we do a holiday mixer um, we rotate you know this year it was Blanco's turn to host but COVID um, and that's a that's a great event but um, we do partner with Wimberley. We also have another partnership. We call it our C5 Bash in the spring. So it's the chambers of Dripping Springs, uh, Bee Cave, Lake Travis, West Lake, and West Austin. And we have an event every spring. Um, and that's always a fun one, too. So we try to, you know, meet up with our friends and partners from around and Dripping Springs, we hosted in 2019 for the C5 Bash, actually also for the Christmas one. So it was great to kind of bring people out here because there are people from, you know, West Austin, Westlake. They don't get out here that much or they hadn't been out here in a while or they came for a wedding and they just hadn't seen it in that same light. So it was kind of fun to play host and get to do that. Well, that's cool. So yeah. 
I've got a question that um, I'm kind of curious about just because it was something I discovered a few years ago. You guys, there's a leave an olive farm north of town. And then there's one that's, I know, between you and Wimberley, right? Did you, there's a what? Olive a leave farms. an olive? Olive farm? A what? Oh, yes. So Texas Hill Country Olive Company out on Fitzhugh Road is one of my favorite places to go. And they actually have, they have a great little bistro there and a little gift shop. But they have an orchard. They make olive oil. It's a great stop. Um, highly recommend it. If you don't have time for lunch, you can do a little tasting. Um, there, they have olive oils and all balsam. It's delicious. Their food, their grilled cheese and tomato soup is <laughs> noteworthy. Um, they also have an event room. Um, they hold private events there too, but that's that is a great one. And they're family-owned business. Um, and the the climate here. There's another one on Bell Springs Road. That one's closed, but they, um, time, I believe it's called Time Olive Trees. Um, but this climate, it's similar to, you know, Italy and different places in the makeup of the rock, and they can explain it much better than I can. But I think that's, it's similar to why the wineries work mm -hmm. here. The, you know, I don't well, that's Joel can take over that part. <laughs> um, no, I've, I've taken a tour of some of the olive farms and, <clears throat> I will say that once in a while, when you're going on a winery tour, it's good just to pull in somewhere else, have a you know a little bread with a some snack. olive oil on it, yeah, and exactly. Just oh, can, that's funny. Yep. You know, we have a new we have a hemp farm out here now on twelve, and they just had their I believe it was their first harvest they just had about a month ago. So yep. that's on twelve, headed toward Wimberley. Um, I heard about that on the I news, the but they hall. didn't specify where it was. They just said the first Central Texas uh, hemp oh, crop. Well, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Oops, no. Somewhere, somewhere out there. Um, yeah, it's a it's a neat little spot. We're um, a film friendly community too, so there mm -hmm. are a lot of movies and shows um, that that film out here. Um, that is even more private than where the hemp farm might be, you know, to keep the locations yeah. quiet. Um, but we are a film friendly community. We're trying to also become a music city, get a designation, um, you know, and that's good stuff too for economic development. Um, you know, bringing jobs to the area. And I know the, for the music industry, they've of course been very hard hit this year, you know, from the artists up to the venues and, it's it's been tough so we're working on that yeah you can ask joel about that he's had to be more creative than he's ever been in his life <laughs> well yeah it's it's the whole industry has changed because of this there's yes. no doubt and it will never be the same and that's not a bad thing i was on a um a call and so there was an attorney and I think he's based out of maybe DC um, but he's for the music industry and he was talking about what they have to do to safely try to pull off an event right now because people you know they're still trying to have maybe not a festival but a concert or something and what they have to go through with the different types of COVID testing and social distancing and PPE and 
traffic and restrooms and food and just the liability and it really makes it tough to pull off. And so he said, you know, there was one, I believe they're in Colorado and they had everything was just, you know, everything was going perfectly. And then a freak storm came through and they had to cancel because of weather. And so he was like, wow, that's a point. So, <laughs> you know, because, and that's the thing too, because so many events had, they have to move outside mm -hmm. because nobody right. wants to go inside, but then you're stuck with, you know, you're at the mercy of mother nature. So. Yeah, she doesn't mess around, or she does mess around sometimes. So, yeah, like here so, today, right? Overnight, oh, oh. it was literally freezing. What? What were you saying? Well, I actually had an invitation to go play golf this morning, and I said, "I'm sorry, I can't do that. The temperature is lower than my age." <laughs> <laughs> oh, we, are you still there? We can. We, there, you're back. Yeah, and I just got a back. phone call. <laughs> okay. Well, you heard mine go off earlier. It was Governor Abbott. Yeah. Oh, really? Did he want your opinion? I don't know. I'm like, election season's over. Why are you calling me? <laughs> For money. Yeah. So. Do not answer. Yeah. No, I pulled the plug. I forgot to do it beforehand. Um so what's the next big thing that you've got coming up that people can do during the COVID? Uh oh. Well <laughs> Christmas. You know, yeah, so knock on wood, there's still a football game Friday night. Friday night lights are still happening. Um that's a little you know, that's not the same either. Nothing is the same. Um, in terms of events, you know, like the dance hall is open. Um, they're having concerts and they're they're good about put your mask on. Put, oh, you're out of your seat. Put your mask on, you know, trying to really keep it safe and um, but try to have it be as normal as as possible. Um, so I think people are trying to do events. We had. Um, there's it's called vintage market days and it's a shopping event that was to be held out at the dripping springs ranch park this coming or no i think it was the 10th and, or the 11th that weekend uh i might have the weekend wrong anyway it was canceled because mm. covid and so people were so upset about it but the reality is they were expecting 10,000 people over wow. three days wow. And they just didn't feel they could safely manage yeah. you know, the crowd. So um, Vintage Market Days is sort of, um, I don't know if it's a franchise or it's a bigger entity than just one weekend a year in Dripping Springs. But they relocated. They're going to be at the HEB Center in Cedar Park. Mm. Um, so wow. they're able to still have their event. It'll just be up there. But, um, you know, it's, it's tough to manage. But on December 4th, Christmas on Mercer. Okay, that's what um, is I was still happening. Like that. Yeah, yeah. So that should be fun. Um, there'll be a tree lighting. I believe it's been called a virtual tree lighting. I'm not sure how that's going to work out, but um, you know, vendors will be there set up. The shops along Mercer Street, you know, and Old Fitzhugh, they'll be open, ready for business. So um, that's exciting. Just this past Saturday, we hosted Shop Small Saturday. Mm -hmm. You know, we sell wristbands for it, and we have. Um, ornaments actually this year we had the robotics club from the high school they made ornaments for us 
Oh, excellent. Cute little. Yeah. Um, so that was good. We're trying really, people really need to just shop where you live and shop small, yeah. shop local. Um, you know, sometimes we tell the story too about, well, HEB is a chain. Yes, but guess what? You're, they have people who live in this community that are employed there and they have jobs and that sales tax goes right back into the community. And so really getting people just to, it is important as much as you can to shop locally and really does help everybody, you know, so, yep. but Christmas on Mercer. Cool. I don't, I think Santa might be, um, not sure Santa's availability this year. But I can look into that. Much <laughs> well, or Santa behind plexiglass. You know, I think I think it could be it. something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, now we'll just turn this on its ear a little bit. If Joel's good with that, and we'll we'll find out a little bit more about you and you know how you wound up here and stuff like that. So we we kind of went through that cycle, but what what was your first thought when you were told you were moving to texas <laughs> I, oh you know it's i struggled with that a little bit because i had such a stereotypical um i mean it's i'm embarrassed to say i had been in dallas before but that that was it i had driven through texas um drove you know from oregon all the way across to florida um, and then, you know, I'd been in airports and that was it. I kind of had the tumbleweed, everybody's a cowboy, big hair, Dallas type. Unfortunately, that's what I thought. And so, but then I started talking to people and they said, you know, but Austin, but Austin, you know, and I've been those other places there. Dallas is lovely. Houston's love. Everything's lovely, but Austin is a little bit different. And so when we came here, you know, it would, you know, it's laid back. Um, you know, you don't see ties very often, maybe down around the capital, but it's just a laid back place to be. So once we came to visit and I actually was here and actually the first time we came to visit was Martin Luther King weekend in 2007. And there was that ice storm oh. and, um, I believe it. it was, you know, we still had, it was fun and I loved it. And so I immediately was able to embrace what was happening um and and part of it you know i like i just always i was a little intimidated by texas too because texans are very proud um very proud people so that's intimidating you know when you come from and i can't imagine being from oklahoma <laughs> oh boy that's like well, bob's from oklahoma too. i know that's what he was saying so yeah. you guys are braver um, but um People-wise, well, it's not that different, I guess. Um, it seems like, uh, you know, Texas was always beating up on us in sports just constantly. So it was, eh, you know. Well, speak for yourself, Bob. Uh, <laughs> okay. When was the last basketball showing you guys made? Um, basketball? That's a sport? What? <laughs> yeah. But it's funny you say that because – you know, having traveled around, I used to have to travel all the time for my job all around the U.S. And it's so many people. And even when I've traveled overseas, so many people have that image of Texas as the lone yes. tumbleweed blowing down the street with the horse tied yes. up in front of the. Yes. It's either that or Dallas. Yeah, you know, the TV show. 
Exactly. Or the, yeah, that the whole cheerleader thing. And, and of course, you know, these are just, it's TV or something, you know, stereotypes, but, um, every now and then I still have a pang of, Oh my gosh, if you would have told me that I would be living in Texas. And at this point now I've lived in Texas longer than I lived in Boston and Sounds you know, I felt like, like I was there forever. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I, what is happening? So, but you know, and when people find out, you know, where I've lived all these different places, they say, well, what was your favorite place? And they, they each were my favorite for different reasons, but we did decide to settle down here. And we, this is where we decided, you know, to raise our family. And this is where we decided to settle in. So I think that speaks volumes about, you know, how much we like it here and got here as fast as we could, you know, Yep. That's, yeah. Yeah. have a thing. Um, so yeah, I still, I can type y'all, but I don't say it. It's weird. I can't. It's. I feel like a like a poser. So I can't. It's, it's not natural. I love well, when I other people say, you it. say y'all. I'm going to call you on it. You won't. I'm telling you right now. All right. Well, uh, I do say all y'all. I like that one. The plural. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> so since you. Um, You've been here a while, and you now live uh, five miles west of Weird. Um, what is the weirdest thing you've seen since moving down here? Uh, to Texas? Mm hmm There was one. two things come to mind off the top of my head. One, I was in a fabric store, and Joel, I think I might have maybe going to go see Kathy or something, but I was trying to find fabric for a project. And I was out of my element and I turn around and there's this woman who is dressed as a clown. I'm talking, she had on the hat, the yarn hair, the makeup, the big shoes, and she's shopping in there. And so I'm like, oh, wow. So she turns around and I said, oh, look at you. She gave me such a stink eye. <laughs> and I'm like, you're giving me this, you you're the clown. I mean, it was just this funny, like as a clown, like you should have been rolling with it a little more. So it was just this whole, and then she scared me quite frankly, a little bit. She was very unnerving. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I won't say that anymore. And then another time we were in a yogurt shop and I'm sitting there with like frozen yogurt. Um, you go and you get it, you know, off the wall and uh, we're sitting there eating and in walks, Easter bunny head, giant head, jean jacket, white t-shirt. It was a man, tights and cowboy boots, tights, like ballet tights, Easter bunny. And he uh. just gets frozen yogurt. Like it's like, it's nothing. And nobody, everyone's just like, and I'm like, does anyone see this Easter bunny? It's just walking around <laughs> i don't know things like that but i and then it, i just the clown though the clown lady was scary later i saw did you see um the joker with joaquin phoenix yes not so funny so <laughs> i wouldn't say that now but this is before that i would have kept my mouth shut i think before but i thought she'd be you know oh, a clown you thought she just would came be from a party no and i'm like if you didn't want to engage like that maybe take off the wig or yeah, she was on her way to work. She was mad. She was angry. That's okay. 
she made my day actually <laughs> awesome so, so it seems like you've got the full-on austin experience as it were <laughs> yeah yes i think so but you know out here we say west of weird it's it can be weird here too and i think one of the things i love too about like reheb mm-hmm. i'll i'll pull in and i drive a subaru yes and it Yes, and you know how I feel about that, Joel. I love my Subaru. But I pull in, and then on one side will be like a dirty, I mean dirty, old, beat-up farm truck from like 1972 that may or may not have a goat in the back or something. And then on the other side of me is a Bentley. And we're just all doing, like nobody, you know, people are just pretty laid back, actually. And it's, it's nice. People don't really care, you know. It's everybody just yep. kind of moves about the cabin freely. So it's nice. <laughs> yeah. That's, no, that's good. Um, and so since you are the chamber of commerce, and I did remember this time, um, <laughs> what would be your advice to people looking to relocate to Dripping Springs? Are they opening a business or they just want to live here? Either wow, you are from the chamber. Yeah, no, I know. Wow, well, I didn't know I was going to get a question on this. <laughs> so, but what what I would say is, so if they were looking to maybe start a business, I would say, you know, they would be surprised at the existing talent pool that is here, um, especially for, you know, educated, um, you know, people who might be, they've been telecommuting and they already live here but they might be looking to do something differently. So I would say don't underestimate the talent pool that's here if you're looking to start a business. Um, I think it's a great place to raise a family. You know, it's very safe. It's um, There's a lot to do. And I think just kind of going for that whole live, work, play lifestyle, I think Dripping Springs is a great place for that. Excellent. I would say the more the merrier. Okay. I would. Yeah. So um, with that, is there anything you want to plug? Well. You know, I, I would love for people to come out here and really just spend a day going to a winery or brewery or distillery or checking out, like I said, Le Vache is a great one. Epicure is a, fabulous restaurant they're not quite yet open back up because of um covid but uh rolling in time and dough it's a little great little love that place it's it's just great um mazama coffee on mercer street and there are restaurants that are in coffee shops they're just neat little spots that you need to come and spend a little bit of time so um i welcome anyone to you know call us up, check it out. You can check out our website and we have an online directory with businesses. There's destination dripping Springs. They have all kinds of information as well. That's the visitors bureau. Um, And just, yeah, there's lots of shopping for people who haven't been out this way in a while. I would say, come check it out. It's very different for people who've never been out here. You're missing out. You need to come see. That, Very nice. That website Very for nice. the uh, Chamber of Commerce is drippingspringstx.org, correct? That's it. Okay. Dripping, which is, I would not have come up with that. Yeah. <laughs> it's way too long. 
I've typed it way too many times. But yes, drippingspringstx.org. So okay. check it out. And that, yeah. I assume that between that and the um, the uh, Visitors Bureau, you'll have more updates as things are opening back up and getting back absolutely absolutely so there's also there's a facebook page um dripping springs small business updates and so that's um we try to monitor that and give updates for what um mostly what chamber member businesses are doing but a lot of restaurants and shops wineries breweries distilleries movie theaters miniature golf pickleball (laughs) all the things um uh there's there's a lot so yeah we try to work together and incidentally we office together so Mm -hmm. with the visitors bureau so we stay up to date on what's happening and try to work together to just just promote all the things and looking at my google page in front of me it looks like you guys are 509 west mercer yes sir and we're we share a parking lot with city hall um so yeah it's it's Great. a good spot. And the phone number is 512-858-7000. If somebody wants to give a call, they can. All right. So. Well, I appreciate you joining us today, Joel. Do you have Thank you for having me. Oh yeah, no, it's fun. Susan, it's, it's wonderful seeing this was you. Great. <laughs> Lovely to see you as well. <laughs> no. Enjoy your week. It was um yeah, like thank I said, you. very informative. I uh, hope people get out there and give it a visit and Thanks for your time. All right. Thanks. Have a good night. All right. Take and care. We'll see, this is Bob. We'll see you next time on the Trail to Austin. Thanks. Bye-bye.